Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Don't Risk Abortions This Winter, Double Check Your Cow Herd Vitamin A Supplementation Plans. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Mary Janowski, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef System Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Aaron, I'm happy to be here. Well, as we record this podcast, we're sitting here in early September, and we've had drought conditions across much of the state, and that's resulted in many of our pastures looking like they should probably in October, November, when it was really July and August. And so that pasture that's gone dormant, uh, that grass that's no longer green, is presenting some challenges to us besides just having a lack of protein and energy out there. And that was really the focus of the article that you wrote and being a little bit concerned or at least encouraging people to take some precautions thinking about vitamin A. Share with us some more about the importance of vitamin A and why this year in particular is something that producers might want to pay attention to as they think about their supplementation programs for this fall and winter. Well, Aaron, I'll start by giving you a little bit better idea of why even thought about writing the article. And, and that is that I was working with a herd in South Central Nebraska, and we had been sampling uh, over the past few years their vitamin A status. And, and this particular herd is managed on pasture normally, uh, you know, that six, seven months out of the year, and then they go to be hay feeding and, and residue. Um, haven't had any problems with vitamin A. Uh, we were looking at that to use them as a control herd, actually, for cattle that are in confinement. So cows in confinement manage them in dry lot. Anyways, long story short, in July, we sampled those cows, and they came back with serum levels that would actually suggest that they were deficient, and they were still on pasture. And it hit me as I was looking at the pasture, and I was <laughs> looking at the results, Oh, yeah, brown grass is a poor source of vitamin A. And in this particular herd, they do not supplement vitamin A while they're on pasture. So we switch to a winter mineral, which has vitamin A, uh, when they start going to dormant forage. So, of course, with as dry as it has been for their particular location, we probably actually should have switched to their winter mineral earlier but the fact that serum levels were low really got me concerned because the body is actually able to maintain the blood levels until they actually use up all the stores they have in the body. So Aaron, you mentioned this idea of the importance of vitamin A and then uh, how it really functions in the body. And for our cows, you have to think about the sources of vitamin A they get is really precursors is what, is what we call them, but basically things that they can break apart and make into what we actually think of as vitamin A or retinol. And so beta carotene is the main source of vitamin A in a cow's diet. And beta carotene is actually what makes the grass green. And so if you think about a good source of vitamin A and a poor source of vitamin A, color is really a great indicator. If it's green, it's probably got a decent level of vitamin A in there. If it's brown, it probably doesn't have very much. Well, normally, uh, we can get by with fairly low levels of supplementation, even when they're consuming something that's brown, because when they're eating green grass, 
they're getting way more than they need of that beta carotene and they actually go ahead and store it in their liver. And so they can build up stores that can get them through four months of uh, eating brown grass or hay. But in the case of a drought, that time period uh, which they might be getting forages that are a poor source of vitamin A increases, right? And so the longer that is, the more risk we have. In this situation, I was really surprised that by July, they were already showing um, that they were having low vitamin A status. I do know that they were hit pretty hard pretty early on, and so they have been having a hard time with their grass. Some places got hit a little bit later. Uh, so everybody's probably in a different situation. Long story short, if they're not eating green grass, we need to be supplementing vitamin A. Okay, the question about importance, I, you know, the title talks about abortion. Vitamin A has a lot of functions in the body. Um, a lot of times people are worried about abortion in cows and that being due to vitamin A or stillbirths. But in fact, uh, if I was to think about most of the challenges with vitamin A in typical herds, it's actually going to be all about the calf and the immunity in the calf. So unless they're extremely deficient, we will not get abortions. But if we're on the borderline, we will see that the calf immunity will suffer because that calf is dependent on the mom to provide uh, basically all the vitamin A it's going to get until it really starts consuming that green, hopefully, forage and getting its own vitamin A from the diet. So the colostrum is the source of vitamin A. Mature milk is a poor source. So what we see is that likely we see more problems with calves in, in traditional situations than we do with a cow aborting or even having a stillbirth. You, you have to get really deficient before you start seeing those signs. So long story short, uh, vitamin A is extremely important in so many functions in the body that's actually somewhat hard to pinpoint what things will suffer most quickly but I will tell you that in my opinion, in cow-calf situations, it's the calf. Mary, let's talk a little about what are our options as we think about supplementation. If we all of a sudden realize, you know what, we hadn't thought about this and uh, we maybe need to take a look at what we're doing from mineral supplementation and also take a look at maybe what we're planning to feed and looking at the combination of those two to get an idea, are we going to be able to meet or are we meeting those cows' requirements from vitamin A? Get some perspective on your thoughts there and, and things producers need to pay attention to. Well, I think the big thing, as you mentioned, mineral can be a, a source of vitamin A and, and most commercial mineral mixes have some vitamin A in there. The caution is that depending on what it's been formulated for, if it's formulated for cows grazing green grass, it may have lower levels than what you need for your winter mineral, i.e. the mineral that you're going to feed when they're not getting that green grass, which is a great source of vitamin A. So the typical requirement is stated to be a supplementation of 42,000 international units per day uh, for a 1,300-pound cow. If you have a 1,200-pound cow, it's probably going to be around 35,000 international units per day. So if that's our target for a dry cow, so a non-lactating cow, uh, and you were thinking, I want to use my free choice mineral to provide that supplemental level, 
essentially what you've got to look for is that 42,000 uh, being provided from the mineral, but now the mineral's only providing uh, a very small amount uh, of the supplement. So it has to be really concentrated. So if I have a four ounce a day mineral, which is a quarter of a pound a day, and I have my 42,000 international units, I actually would divide it by the 0.25 to get the concentration I'm looking for. In this case, I know it's a lot of math and listening to math on, uh, on a podcast is very difficult. Um, in this case, if I had a four ounce mineral and they're eating a quarter of a pound a day, so of the actual mineral mix, I would need that mineral mix to have 168 thousand international units per day of vitamin A to meet that cow's requirement. So 168,000 international units per day. There are some minerals that will have that level. Usually uh, you see the units being 50,000, 100,000, or 150,000, or 200,000 plus. So you're probably looking for something that's 150 to 200,000, and I'd feel pretty good. If you make sure they're eating that quarter pound a day. If you're using a mineral and you're shooting for two ounces, so half of that amount, then you need to double that concentration to make it work, right? So now you were looking at uh, well over almost 320,000 international units per day. I will tell you that there are very few minerals that have that concentration in them. So, a lot of people like to take four ounce a day minerals and they like to add salt uh, to cut back on intake. In this case, given the, the current year and the current situation, if it's not a super concentrated vitamin A source, I'd be really hesitant to do that because you may not be getting as much vitamin A as you need. Now, other options especially if we start thinking towards winter is, you know, a lot of people provide a protein supplement to cattle that are going to go out on dormant range. And oftentimes you can get those protein supplements to be fortified, especially if you're using a pellet or a cube. So how do you come up with how much needs to be in that pellet or cube or even whatever type of feed mix that you're going to use? Again, you take that concentration, that 42,000 international units a day, and divide it by how much you're going to feed. So if I was going to feed a pound a day, the concentration I need is 42,000 divided by one, that's 42,000. If I was feeding a half a pound a day, it would be 42,000 divided by 0.5, which is going to double the concentration, right? So 84,000 international units a day. If you fed two pounds a day, now you can cut the concentration in half, right? So 21,000 international units a day. So it's really pretty simple. Take the requirement, divide it by the pounds that you're going to feed, and you'll know how much is in there, how much you need to target. Uh, a couple other things to consider is that vitamin A, as I said, is, is really correlated a lot to how green the forage is. So if you have a hay from this year, let's say, and you happen to be in good luck, you got it that it was immature, wasn't super uh, far along, it's nice and green, um, it can actually be a good, a fairly good source of vitamin A, meeting up to 90% of the cow's vitamin A requirement. However, drought years, you know, you may have harvested hay that was brown standing there before you even cut it down, it's going to be a poor source. And then there's things that are in between that, right? 
maturity, as the grass matures, it gets lower and lower in vitamin A. So a lot of people delay harvest until that grass is fairly mature because they want to get as much tonnage as possible. Likely, if you did that, that hay is not a very good source. So I'd make sure I'm supplementing the full concentration of what we just talked about, that 42,000 international units a day. Um, the other thing to think about is how long you got exposed to the sun. So sun destroys beta carotene. Uh, moisture is also a challenge. It can help destroy that beta carotene in hay because you get that little bit of mold growth and it eats up the beta carotene. So if you look at that hay and it's not really green, just automatically assume it's not going to be a good source. If it's something like corn silage, it can be a reasonably good source of vitamin A, but it has to be well managed. I see a lot of brown corn silage out there, and if it looks brown, either because of when you harvest it or because of how it was stored, automatically assume it's a poor source. And then straws, corn residue, corn residue, make sure if they're grazing corn residue, you're supplementing the full amount because anything that's brown or tan, it's not going to be a very good source of vitamin A. Mary, we're coming up on pregnancy testing time for a lot of spring calving cow herds. And so we're going to have cows going through the chute. Is there any benefit to looking at some kind of injectable or supplemental vitamin A at that time? Okay, so the injectable uh, vitamin A sources do what they say they do from the standpoint of they can give you a quick boost in status. Uh, the challenge with them is that uh, they are not a long-term solution, if that makes sense. So uh, if you read the labels, they'll typically say you can re-administer within 60 days. And if you use that as your supplementation, sole supplementation source, you would have to re-administer every 60 days or, in fact, looking at some of the concentrations, honestly, you'd probably have to do it every 30 days to fully meet their needs. So here's the thing. If I thought, you know, I didn't have much vitamin A in my mineral supplement that I provided while cows were out on pasture and the pasture's been brown for a couple months now and I just want to get a boost in vitamin A and start off my supplementation program, sure. I don't have a problem with it. If you get into a situation where you realize you're in trouble, then giving that injection may be a good way to, again, help give you a boost and start you on the right track. But it can't take place of a good program because unless you want to work your cattle a lot, uh, because it really just doesn't provide a long-term amount of storage because it's just not that high in concentrations. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we point towards wrapping this up? Yeah, one of the big things is that most people probably have uh, some type of a plan for the amount of vitamin A, and they've done it for years, and it's worked. I just want to caution you that if you happen to be in a drought-impacted area, you may need to double-check and make sure you feel comfortable with the amount you're providing, because in a normal year, it probably worked because the cows had enough storage from the green grass to get them through the winter. This year may be that situation where we see uh, the consequences of not providing enough vitamin A in the winter because our stores going into winter are going to be low. 
So this is the year to maybe do a little bit more than you normally would uh, just to ensure that you don't run into a problem down the road. Well, thanks again for joining me today, Mary. Yeah, thank you very much. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, this article, Don't Risk Abortions This Winter, Double Check Your Cowherd Vitamin A Supplementation Plans. That can be found in the September issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. Also, if you have questions, Dr. Murray Drunowski's contact information is also on the beef.unl.ed website.